Hey sis, welcome to Becoming Kingdom Fit Podcast. And I'm your host, Rebecca Tabert. And I am so glad that you are here. And I have a really important message for you today. And that is to help you see three unsuspecting ways that the enemy will work to try and discourage, distract, detract from your unique and greater purpose. Try and steal your joy in everyday life and really keep you hindered from experiencing the fullest extent of what God has for you. Now, let me tell you, he is so crazy deceptive that you might be in a season where maybe you're not even recognizing what it is that he is doing or what he's up to. And this was true for me over the last six months or so. And I'm on the other side of it and I'm realizing, oh my goodness, I cannot believe, I'm like far from perfect, but 20 years into my walk with God and the enemy absolutely bamboozled me <laughs> over the last few months. And I played right into it, not knowing it, not realizing it. Hindsight's always 20-20. And I really don't want that to be you. And or if you're in the midst of it, I don't want six months for you to go. I don't want six months to pass um, without you recognizing it. Make sense? Hopefully this message helps you um, either be armed with the awareness proactively so that you can see him on the front end if he tries these schemes with you. Or, um, you know, if you're in the midst of it, whether it be, you, you know, been distracted for six months, a year, whatever it might be. I know that God works all things out for our good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And I know that God is a man of his word. And I know that his word never fails. And I also know that his word says that he will redeem the time that the locusts have stolen. And that story, by the way, is of a, a situation, a circumstance in which the people actually did it to themselves. They brought it on themselves. And even still in God's grace, mercy, love, when they repented and turned back to him, God said, I'm going to restore the time that the locusts had stolen. So there is hope whether you have, whether after listening to this episode, you start to see things. Now, mind you, don't take my word for it ever. Always, always Go to God's word, go to your prayer, go to your quiet time, use this as an opportunity to really, you know, one of the things that I coach, not to go too far down this tangent, is becoming a student of your mind and body. And so you get to, to take this information in. I do believe that it's never a coincidence when something comes up in our feed or in front of us or somebody sent this to you. However, you get to take it in, then take it to God and use your God-given discernment to decide if and how this applies to you, if the enemy is working on something that is trying to come against you right now. So with that, let me let me dive this dive in. So for those of you that don't know and you're newer to my feed, I am Coach Rebecca Tower, and very quickly, I'm a former atheist turned Jesus lover. I am a former corporate. Uh, you know, scale the corporate ladder uh, woman to 100% entrepreneur for the last 13 years-ish. Uh, and I had taken a huge leap of faith because of God's work in and through me when I was about a year into my walk. So let me let me tell you, for like, you can listen to the full story if you go back and listen to like the first or second episode, but from going from the woman that would 
or young woman that would criticize Christians and or even God was developing people in my circle um, when I was in the midst of them. And I, I would, my opinion at the time was that people that needed God or needed Jesus were just weak and needed a crutch. <laughs> Be careful what you say, because um, God had started to plant seeds and his grace and his mercy and all of that. Like I said, you can go back to the first or second episode because people often ask me like, how did God do that? Maybe you have people in your life that aren't walking with the Lord right now. I'm telling you, if there is hope for me, there is hope for them. My point is, is that I went from that to truly just in a season where I was so desperate for something that I was like, give me the crutch. And I feel like that really superseded, superseded my walk with God because I was so desperate and so drawn in. I just threw myself into the word, threw myself into this understanding of a personal relationship with him. Thank God that he put me in a church that was biblically founded and, and preached about having a personal relationship with him. So I never had the experience of religion. I've not had any experience of church hurt or anything like that. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, fast forward my, um, when God completely about a year into my walk, um, I was at a bottom of the shower moment. God, you know, I was like, I can't get up. He was like, yes, you can, you, and you will. My, he used my, my son again, trying to make this really quick. Um, and from that day, I will tell you that, yes, I ended up with a body I never expected because at the time I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I was struggling with weight. I was that at that point it was an eating disorder. I was taking care of everything else, single mom, um, in the middle of a really, really ugly divorce that was after a very toxic marriage. And uh, in that season, I knew that as great of a mom as I was, there was even more in me. Like I finally had this aha moment, right? And so that transformation, yes, I ended up with a body that I never expected like 18 months later. I can thankfully help women not take so long and actually do it the right way and do it the healthy way. But I ended up with a body I never expected, but it also just perpetuated my personal depth of relationship with God. And in addition to that, because of the transformation and because of the confidence, when I was that bottom of the shower moment, I had taken a step back, taken a local job, which meant a huge paycheck, which meant a huge paycheck cut, which meant um, counting dollars for groceries. And with the confidence of taking care of myself and leaning into God and, and doing these things that I'm not going to go into today because that's not the point. Um, I also went from counting dollars to going back into a corporate setting and building um, my career to north of six figures, still having time flexibility. So I was always there and always on for my son. This is one of my rescues, buddy. Super like that's a whole story. Um, God gives me dogs sometimes to to help heal and rehabilitate. Anyway, um, the uh, so when I was in corporate and I had, you know, done all the things and was in this amazing position, total financial freedom and flexibility. And uh, God called me out of it. He started to whisper that he wanted me to go and equip and empower women to have the type of transformation that I had. The first step that I saw was being a personal trainer, which was minimum wage. And I thought, God, 
<laughs> really? Like, how am I even going to do that? How is that even possible? And so I started with just the understanding of maybe I'll do it part time. And while I'm looking for what's next for me in the career field and had plenty of opportunities, um, but just really felt this call. Um, and long story short, the <laughs> trying to make it short, the um, in that corporate setting, the first thing looked like personal trainer. I thought I would only do it part time. The evolution of that was that then I ended up going in. Somebody believed in me, by the way, and believed in what God was putting on my heart because I had a lot of people in my inner circle, um, including family that thought I was insane, irresponsible, all of the things. But I knew this was what God was asking me to do. And I had this um, this uh, couple that was that believed in me that were also Christian and all that kind of stuff. So they were a huge pivotal role in uh, not only my walk with, with God, but my transition to being an entrepreneur, to follow my unique calling and purpose. And in that season, it went from personal trainer part-time to a boot camp at a park to a brick and mortar fitness business. I am so incredibly grateful that by God's work in and through me, I built that brick and mortar fitness business um, with the help of an amazing team, we helped thousands of people over 10 years. The result of that, the byproduct of that was multiple six-figure business um, on paper. <laughs> That's a whole nother story <laughs> for those of you that aren't familiar with brick and mortar fitness businesses and like expense margins and all that. That's a whole nother story. But uh, it was like the impact that we made was phenomenal. And I was so, so grateful for it. And yet, and I'm coming up to the schemes of the enemy as of recent, uh, God told me again, two years ago, and this is the thing, God gave me such a clear vision that even at the time, I didn't understand it in its fullness for what it was. You'll see if you scroll back on my YouTube channel, I did a, uh, I shared a moment that I had with God when I was running right as we were closed in California for COVID. We were maybe two weeks into the closure and I was running and I saw these butterflies and I just felt this prompting to like sit down. So I literally sat in the middle of a park in my neighborhood and I'm like, okay, Lord, what am I looking for? And he showed me the butterflies. And God clearly told me in that moment that as much as you have done to date, as great of all the accomplishments that you've had, the impacts that you've had, that was only the beginning. Right now, you are going into a cocoon season. And now, mind you, what I had experienced in, by God's grace to, to that date is so incredibly phenomenal. We were, you know, like I said, 10 years in the brick and mortar fitness business, having helped thousands of people. I've gotten the opportunity to speak on stages on mindset and resilience and, and those types of things. I developed at um, the, one of the first at-home fitness apps for a major franchise and wrote the workouts and filmed the workouts in a 48-hour period. That was insane. Um, just like, and the figure comment, like all the things that were so physical, endurance, like uh, the, uh, Spartan trifectas and, and Mary, all these things to, to conquer different challenges that I felt like fears and all this kind of stuff. Like it, God had worked so dramatically in me. And yet he was saying, that is only the beginning right now. You're going into the cocoon and the best is yet ahead. And it was such, so powerful that 
I shared it with my community at the time, not really realizing that it wasn't just for me, but that it was, I um, thinking that it was for all of us, right? And I'm sure it was because I don't always share. I only share what I feel is really strong in on my heart. And so I shared that with my community at the time, just realizing that uh, with the with the message that everything that we've experienced to date is only the beginning. Right now, what if it is the cocoon season and the best is yet ahead? And so that was now three years ago. And uh, I will tell you that I never anticipated the level of the attack of the enemy and the battle that would be in front of me. And the reason I want to share this with you is because when we have those moments, when we have those visions, right? Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3 says, write the vision, make it plain, write it out on tablets. And although it will tarry, it will surely come. And I'm telling you, sis, as a believer, as someone who has like just... I because I know that I am literally not able to do it on my own. The whole expression, you are enough, sis, I'm going to be real. I don't know about you, but I am not enough without Jesus in and through me. And so I'm in a season and thankfully have been for quite some time that I don't feel like I have, I do not have time to not spend time with God. I feel like as much as I feel like I'm really driven and really accomplished and all of these these great things that he's because of him, right? That even on a day-to-day basis, if I'm not checking in with him, if I'm not getting my my marching orders for the day, if I'm not connecting in with that refuel source, then I could I have the opportunity to get it wrong or miss something or misstep. And so for me, my walk is consistent with him, right? And yet, and this is what I want you to understand, and yet, so even in this place, man, I've not realized how the enemy was coming against me. So in the, God gave me that vision, and when he gave me that vision, I still had every intention and had the belief that I was going to care. We quickly pivoted the physical business online for all of our clients. Um, like within overnight, which is a totally God thing too. And it was so much fun and so amazing. And I had every intention of fighting for the physical location as well as I'm like, okay, well maybe this means I keep everything online too. Like I get to do both prospectively. And God um, almost gave me a suddenly, I think he had been planting the seed if I'm really honest, but I wasn't ready to fully receive it because my identity was wrapped in, like you pour your heart, soul into a physical brick and mortar fitness business or any business for a decade, you're like, your identity is going to be attacked. It's going to be hard to believe that you're supposed to let go of that. And there was so much good. And this is part of what we want to understand is that there was so much good and yet God had better for me. And in order to do the better, I had to let go of the really good. like not even really good. Amazing. So, so grateful for every client I ever got to help. Like I could get teary just thinking about it. So grateful for my team, which was an evolution. Let me tell you, I had amazing team by the time that we were closing. Um, and I had, you know, that's a whole other story, the team and the iterations of the team along the way. I'm grateful for even the ones that 
you know, were maybe taught me a lesson the hard way, right? Because I wouldn't be who I am today without all of those things and all of those experiences, which includes a lot of amazing things and also includes some betrayals along the way. But it's all part of what happens for me so that I can become who I need to become to do what I need to do. And this is true for you as well when you choose to have that perspective. Fair enough? And so uh, so about August of 2020, maybe so I'm not great at timing, August, September of 2020, um, God started to tell me that he wanted me to let go of the brick and mortar fitness business so that I could be 100% online and focused on Christian women specifically so that my um, programs could be unapologetically rooted in God's word. Because the truth is that God's word is what made my transformation sustainable. God's word is what made, like, absolutely transformed my life. And God also told me in that moment that Christian women specifically would be under far greater attack than ever before. Not only that, that the enemy's biggest scheme and attack against Christian women are the is food itself and the uh, what I know is an epidemic of being overweight and being uncomfortable in your body and turning to food instead of turning to God and or what people would um, say is you know emotional eating right because let me tell you the really quick um, summary and then I'll, I'll do a different video on this but uh, God made it really clear with me, even though well into my fitness journey, well into helping other people, well into being fit, looking fit, being healthy, and I was for the most part, I was still tempted by food and I was still um, give in to over and it's gluttony and, it, and I love you, but I'm going to speak truth for love. Gluttony is a sin. As somebody who struggled with it for a really, really long time, so there's no judgment, but pure empathy. I'm thankful for my struggle because I know how hard it is. And I know that even if it's not overeating, I know the impact that foods play on our sense of well-being. And the enemy flies under the radar with this whole issue, especially in the United States. He's normalized being overweight. He's normal, like Priscilla Schreier says, if I were the enemy, and this isn't even getting into the three, but man, I'm going to roll with this. This isn't getting into the three yet, but Priscilla Schreier uses this um, statement, like if I were the enemy, right? And then she adds whatever she wants to share with you uh, in terms of how he might be attacking you, right? And when it comes to health and fitness, if I were the enemy, I would normalize being overweight because I know for a fact, there's unequivocal evidence that to the extent in which we carry extra weight is to the extent we are exposing our risk or inc increasing our risk for discomfort and disease, including the virus. I have to be careful with my words because, you know, cancel and all that, that but including the virus that we've now been dealing with for three years they won't tell you that the solution is eat really good foods, take care of yourself, be healthy, and you dramatically reduce your risk of getting it and or the impact of it.
right? If I were the enemy, I would silence the naturopath doctors that are trying to communicate the importance of good foods in your body and how much healing can occur from taking care of yourself in natural ways. If I were the enemy, I would convince you that self-care is selfish by telling you through the society of being overdriven, overworked, and or even in our Christian circles, it's a badge of honor to take care of other people. Yes, and also you can't give what you don't have. So if you're not at your best, you can't give your best. If you don't slow down, to, then you're never going to be able to speed up. I know you're a way maker. I know you're a high achiever. I know because we're hanging out that you get things done. And sis, just like me and just like so many clients before me, I'm telling you, if you are not yet prioritizing your self-care in mind, body, and spirit, it means everything you are doing as an output there's even more for you. There's even more for you to experience in your level of joy in every day. There's even more in you to give in your level of impact for whatever your unique calling is, whether it's business, entrepreneurship, which means that whether you're making six figures, a, a million, multi-millions, if you are not prioritizing your self-care, sis, there is a whole nother level available to you that you are not yet aware of. And that is absolutely a scheme of the enemy. And so I am here, not only that, but the like self-care is selfish, the being overweight, oh, the healthy at every any weight, those are all lies of the enemy. You are not, there's, again, science, evidence, you're not healthy. Love yourself no matter where you are, because you will not get where you want to go by hating yourself through the process. But don't lie to yourself and don't let other people lie to yourself, lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say that you're healthy if you're 30, 50, whatever, overweight. Now, mind you, you can also be super small and still be unhealthy. That's a whole nother topic. But the bigger issue, the, the majority of the epidemic sits with people that are turning to food instead of God, overeating, thinking that the packaged processed foods, and it's not like you don't know what you don't know. There's so much misinformation out there about diets and foods and all that kind of stuff, which is why I need to keep doing what I'm doing to call the enemy out and to teach you what you get to do instead so that you can eat in a way that doesn't feel restrictive, doesn't feel like you're giving up things, doesn't feel like you're um, missing out, right? Oh, sis, I could go on, but I'm going to stay on track because it, it, like the very first temptation of the enemy was food. Jesus, the 40 days, the very first thing that uh, the enemy used on Jesus was when he's hungry and like the very first thing that he, the enemy used was to tell Jesus, turn the rock to bread, right? It is the most deceitful scheme of the enemy, but that's not why we're here today. Why we're here today is because when you have this mission and this vision, just as God had told me now three years ago, you get to hold on and understand that that Terry is, there's, there's still a reason and a purpose for that too. And as much as God has a plan for you, so does the enemy. The enemy knows the plan that is set for you. Here's the great news. 
we have victory. The victory comes when we recognize the enemy. The victory comes when we realize that it's not just the physical, it's not just the things you see. The actual bigger battle is very much a spiritual battle. There is the enemy and his minions that are working around you to try and discourage, distract, and detract, hinder your walk. And so let me tell you the three ways that I did not even realize this was happening for me without going into, yeah, I could talk, sister, but I want to keep this to the point for you. So the three ways that I've realized this, it's almost like you've been in a cloud and then something shifts. And for me, I honestly think it was the experience I had in Japan. It was so phenomenal. I'll do something else on that because there's an amazing lesson in that about one step at a time. But We'll come to that another day. So something shifts and all of a sudden it like the curtain opens again and you see the wizard or you, in this case, you see the enemy and you see his hand. And so the three things that I have realized the enemy has used to discourage, distract or detract me is physical pain, an actual really good thing and others. So let me go, let me break this down for you again, as an example is my prayer and father God, as always, um, I just, before I go into this segment, I want to pray again that God just allow me to say exactly what it is you need to hear with wisdom and discernment and that you hear it in the way that you need to receive it in the perfect timing of his will in Jesus name. Amen. So physical pain. So one of the things that occurred for me a year ago now, a little over a year ago, is that I had a really significant back injury. I talked about it on one of the episodes. Uh, in this in injury for my back, I for the I could not the first day, couple of days, I could not stand, sleep, or sit. Stand, sleep, sit for more than thirty minutes at a time. So if you can only begin to imagine, and then there's far greater and worse things in life, to be fully functioning mentally and to be in so much pain that you cannot sit, sleep, anything for 30 minutes, for me, that was the hardest physical thing I've ever experienced in my life. And as a result of that injury, I was physically forced to take time off from working out. Not just that initial week, but even in getting back into it. It was a seriously long process by God's amazing grace. I can tell you today, over a year later, that I am fully healed and have been for a few months with no pain, no discomfort. But it was that long of a process. And in that process of the reason this is significant and a distraction is because although still in my word, definitely a lot of prayer and all the practical things of figuring out what to do about my back and figuring out root causes and figuring out how to really rehabilitate myself back into the right um, position of where I want to be. What the enemy does know is that for me at this season, yes, I want to still be strong, be fit. I turned 50 this year. Like I'm on a mission, right? There goes that uh, 
flexy flex uh flex in the the sound again i pray that it's okay i'm gonna pray protection over this that this is that this recording has been well enough for you please let me know um physical workouts for me has been a huge stress reliever i have realized more over the last couple of years than i ever understood in 20 years of training how much of a role it plays in my mental health. And because of that, it becomes the chicken before the egg. So when I tell you, and there's some of you that are gonna think this is crazy and that's fine, and some of you are gonna think that's just life, it has nothing to do with the enemy, maybe. And also, is it possible that regardless of the physical injury actually happening, then the enemy leverages what is happening, right? I don't know. I honestly don't have the answer. I can tell you that I can see in hindsight being physically compromised, not being able to do one of the things that makes me a better woman, that makes me mentally strong, that allows me to connect with God in other ways, right? In addition to my, nothing replaces his word and quiet time and being still and all of that. But I am convinced there are some of us that he hardwired for physical um, exertion, if you will, for lack of a better word. And through that, it's part of what releases our internalized stress, right? I, If you don't already um, know this, I would encourage you because again, I know we're hanging out. So chances are you're a lot like me, you're high tree achieving. You might be a recovering perfectionist. You might be a recovering type a, a recovering need to control everything. Uh, and all of that God will use and cultivate. I would encourage you if you are not already work out for that purpose. And when I say workout, I need a physical challenge. I teach my clients you can start anywhere, including just counting steps. For purposes of mental health, yes, counting steps and being outside is going to be helpful. I can tell you for me, the physical release of doing something physically challenging is my greatest antidepressant in addition to God's word. And not being in a situation where I could work out and it took for the first time in over two decades now of working out, it wasn't always fit, but that's another story. In over two decades of working out, I could not tell you another time in that period of time where I was not able to work out. When I first started, I had broken my arm when I was like a couple years in, but even there, I was within like three weeks, I'm with the cast and doing something with my back. I did not have that as an option. And as a result of what was a needed period of time, and then to, to like just be able to function, getting to the gym wasn't the priority. Um, it actually, I realize now, normalized not being consistent with my physical movement. Now, not being consistent with my physical movement means that I'm not being consistent with one of the major drivers and outlet for my mental well-being knowingly or unknowingly, how that then shows up is in when we are sitting down. This is where we get to put on, yes, we get to put on the full armor of God, but also we get to be active participants. And this is what I teach my clients uh, all the time. It's like the theme of 
what God has taught me is that he is not going to do anything for us. And by being active participants means that we get to decide how we get to discover, I should say, first and foremost, how we best function and understand that there are iterations of that as we progress as believers, our walk, all, and also knowing that what you are experiencing right now, wherever you are, is because you've normalized it. And there are practical things that you can do to reach that next level. So my baseline at this point, but it wasn't always the case, my baseline is time with the word, time in God, time in the word with God, quiet still, um, in addition to fueling my body with foods that I know are fueling my whole health, not disease, in addition to discovering even within that for me, this is another topic that I'll do another video on, but there are healthy foods that are otherwise good for most people that I have realized in the last few years are no longer serving my highest good because I've developed food sensitivities. So that is an example of another iteration of process that I get to continually discover what's going to help me perform at my best. And I don't mean performance as an old school, at least the meaning that I used to give it, whereas performing for some sort of result or performing for some sort of, um, accolade, not result, but accolade performance as God has helped me to redefine it. It's just how I'm showing up in my being on a daily basis because my being dictates my doing. Make sense? My being dictates my doing. My being is actually driven by the inputs of physical movement, time with God, sleep, uh, and 100% nutrition right? And that's a very quick summary. So for me, knowing that foods, sleep, self-care, physical movement, in addition to my time with God, which means that if one of the other things are off, then it throws off my personal time with God. Not that I'm not there, but that I'm not experiencing the depth of it because either consciously or subconsciously, I'm distracted because I'm lacking in one of these other aspects. Let me say that again. When I'm lacking, and I found this to be true in my own personal journey and with women I've worked with over the years, when we are lacking in one of these areas, sleep, anything related to self-care, which is sleep, your water intake, your the food, the foods you're choosing to focus on, as well as your physical movement. If those things are lacking, those are the inputs that build the strength of our body that is the vessel, that is the vessel. Our body is the vessel in which God gave us to house the Holy Spirit. Not only that, we are so intricately made that the way our body functions, the way our mind functions, impacts our ability to be able to hear and discern from God's word. The way our body is designed is that it absolutely plays a role in our ability to access God's um, gift that he's given us of the Holy Spirit in us. Because if our physical body is compromised, then we knowingly or unknowingly, because you can normalize things and not even realize it, are not 
as equipped to manage our emotion, recognize thoughts that don't serve us, and lean into God's word for the words that do serve us. Make sense? I hope that is clear because I want to move on. So that physical pain became an aspect that I now was lacking because the physical pain meant that the physical release wasn't happening. The physical release is a very important pillar of my foundation. Fair enough? Not only that, so thankfully I'm on the other side of that realization and I recently realized, <laughs> redundant in my words, apologies, I realized recently that that whole last year with my back, I've unknowingly normalized not getting that physical exertion on a daily basis. Not that I haven't been doing anything. I've been working out and, and all those things. But to the level in which it creates my best state of being so that my doing is at its best and I'm showing up on a daily basis as the best version of me so that I can execute the best in process for me, I normalized missing those workouts. I normalized missing two or three days in a row. I normalized only getting there two or three days a week and whatever it is. So now I'm on the other side of that and I'm like, nope, I see you. That's not happening. So now I put myself on a challenge, a consistency challenge sharing with you. I'm on day six, no, day eight of my 40 days of consistency because I know that like that's a whole other topic too. From a standpoint, but I know that that's going to again get me back to normalizing. I am the type of woman that works out every single day because it is one of my founding principles, pillars in being and doing my best, and therefore it is non negotiable, right? I get to get back to that. Like, even saying this out loud, ladies, if you knew me and or you do know me, the idea that it had become negotiable like blows my mind. The second thing is that the enemy will unknowingly use is really good things. Sometimes he will use really good things to be a distraction. And it's a combination of when I say enemy, what God has told me is that in my opinion, enemy is three things. It's self, it's society, and Satan. And Satan leverages the other two. And so in this good thing, um, Several months back, I had this opportunity to work with a business coach. Now, I have invested in coaching well over north of six figures throughout the last 13 years of entrepreneurship. I 100% believe in it, hands down. And also, the transition from a brick-and-mortar fitness business to online, I knew that I still had a lot to learn because I wasn't yet seeing the, the results that I know God has shown me. Like Kingdom Fit is a movement to normalize being healthy and fit and to call out among Christians and to call out the scheme of the enemy. I know that I am called to stand in the gap for leaders, that I am called as a leader of leader to stand in the gap for the Christian leaders that are on a mission for impact and yet the enemy is attacking them with their physical well-being. And I get to show them the path that God showed me and make their path um, a little bit lighter by having an advocate, by having a coach, by having, I have a literal roadmap for overcoming emotional eating and 
you know, creating sustainable weight loss, building next level confidence and unshakable faith. And I love that I get to do that. And I know that I am meant to do that in a really powerful, impactful way. And because I was not yet seeing that result, of course, it's okay. What do I get to learn? What do, where do I get to grow? How do I, I'm a really, really good coach. I've learned I'm not that yet great at marketing online. And so to one of the um, things, if you look at Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Alex Ramosi was a, was actually my business coach for a season when I had the brick and mortar fitness business. They will tell you one of the ways to learn, especially when you're coming into something new, is to insert yourself into a business that is already doing well at what you want to do well at. So I was, uh, one of the coaching programs that I invested in was, uh, I saw the company, I saw the team, they had a great mission, they have a great impact, and they had an oper- they gave an opportunity to work on their team, uh, just part-time. And so I took that as like, this is like a paid internship. Are you kidding me? I can learn this business from the inside out, right? They do business coaching, so there's no conflict. It's not, um, but still, they have been in business for 13 years. They are super uh, successful by all by all means, and their heart is for impact. And so I saw this as an amazing opportunity. We'll just leave it at that. And it is, it has been. And also, going back to what I now realize is that for me, I want to know that I'm doing well. And when I know that I'm doing well, I really pour myself into it. And what I now realize is that, of course, I'm doing really well with this other company. I love them. They love me. I love the clients. It's an amazing um, impact. And so I had somewhere along the way, I got so sucked in that I was making the time for my impact for my current people, but I've not been focused on my message. I've not been focused on getting the word out. I've not been focused on doing the things that I need to do according to my call. So here is this good thing and it becomes the shiny object. For those of us that are entrepreneurs, we understand this. It becomes the shiny object. So I hold space for the client, my clients, but I've not, and I've, I've still like reach out and I've still been doing things. I've not been um, consistent with my podcast, but I've still been doing things and engaging and, and serving others and all of the things, but not to the extent in which I know that I am called to. Make sense? So I've been doing just enough to hold space for it, but not getting so distracted not so distracted, but getting distracted by this really good thing in my life that I really like and really enjoy that I'm not making time or the amount of time that I would want for the even greater thing that I know I'm called to do, which is to be in front of the women I'm meant to serve, not just the the women that I have in my space now, but whoever, like, it's not... I want to be, I was watching my words because it's going to sound egotistical, but it is just being confident in God's vision for me that I know that I am meant to have a massive impact for a lot of women. And until I see that as a reality, I get to be on guard to make sure that I'm not getting too sucked in by shiny objects or what is good or 
that because good can be the enemy of great. I hope that makes sense. So in summary of this point, something that's really good, that I love, that I enjoy, that I'm good at, is the, the easy distraction that can be used to distract from the greatness that God is calling you for. And I think that, um, again, whether it's self or society or Satan himself, it is one of the ways that the enemy will use something that is good to try and discourage, distract, and keep you for something great. Last but definitely not least is the enemy will work through others. And again, it doesn't have to be so obvious that the others are coming against you. I, you've been in business long enough, you know that there are going to be haters and that is really obvious. And so you can see that and you can fight against that. And then there are also, man, like just going back to, again, we do not war against people. We war against prince and principalities. The enemy will work through other people to try and discourage, distract, and keep you from moving forward at the rate in which you could be moving forward, especially whether it could be good meaning Christian people. It could be people that aren't walking or aren't connected and or um, you, you know, you're unequally yoked with them in relationship in some form or fashion, whether it's a friend or a parent or a sibling or a significant other, uh, it is very possible that it may not, it goes back to the good versus great, right? You, maybe they're not responding to you in the way that you would want to be responded to. Maybe you aren't experiencing what you want to be experiencing in that relationship or from that person. And maybe you're giving it this meaning that it means something about you or that maybe you're not good enough or the enemy wants to tell you that. I'll give you a very real example. I am not close to my immediate family. Um, and, uh, I had a, circumstance come up again where somebody that is meant to like love I'm trying to be careful with my words family and love and be supportive and be those things and meant to pour into you as an individual and care for you and all the things that God said would typically be true in an ideal situation of this position within a family and this person in this position within um, my family has once again decided to not have contact. And, and honestly, this has been ongoing for my entire life. And so I no longer try and figure it out. Does it bother me? Yeah, it still bothers me a little bit. But I get to catch the thought and realize that God is the ultimate source. Right. And who knows what was said or done or not said or not done for this person to again decide to just ghost and walk out and what have you. I can tell you this. Um, yeah, no, let me stay on track. So who knows? The old me used to get really upset by that and would spend a lot of time. But what I have learned is that the time like because our time is finite whatever time we spend is time that we're never going to get back. And so if we spend the, to the amount of time that we invest in, I'm not saying don't think about things. I'm not saying don't problem solve. I'm not saying, um, you know, don't be in communication or contact or try to work things out. But when you've done all you can do, 
then, and you know in your heart of hearts, it's time to just surrender that person or that situation or that circumstance, whatever it is, to God and let him handle that, then anytime you're investing in ruminating over what it means or what you did or what you didn't do or what happened now, or it's just not time that is going to move you forward. It's literally going to keep you treading water. Joyce Meyer talks about um, you know, worrying is like sit, sitting in a rocking chair. You can rock all day long, but you're not going to get anywhere, right? The same is true when we think about a situation, a circumstance that we have some given some sort of negative meaning or that is meant to, that we're not happy about or that we would want to be differently different. When If we just ruminate over it over and over and over again, it is like sitting in a rocking chair and not going anywhere, right? And so, I know that it's super hard. It's easy for me to talk about this like the from this position of what might be perceived as strength or maybe indignant or whatever perception you're meaning you're giving it. But it's because, sister, I've had some serious like relationships in my life and opportunity by my own choice. Like we invite, you know, we can't we don't choose family. But I've definitely chosen plenty of people over my life that it's like you invited them in. <laughs> like you gave them space to your vulnerability. You gave them space to your intimacy or your love or your kindness or what have you. And so you chose that, right? <laughs> you may not have expected how they would end up responding or acting or treating you 100%. My, you know, I get that too. I, I and, and again, I'm super grateful because even in the working through people, you know, 20 years ago, I never understood that. 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I would have, I remember sitting in judgment of women that would allow themselves to be in a toxic relationship or abusive relationship. And, and like, how could, like, literally just had this thought of how could anybody tolerate that? But as you know, if you've ever experienced it, it doesn't start that way. It starts in little iterations. My point is, is that, so I get it and I get how hard it is to, get to where I am now to be in this position of strength to go, that's really not about me, that's about them, right? And for sure I know I've done everything I can do and if that's not good enough, then I'm not for them and that's okay, right? But if you're not mindful of it, the enemy, whether it be Satan, self, you can blame, not blame, but you can make it about whichever, whether you wanna make it about society, Satan, or, the, or your own stinking thinking, if you fixate on somebody else's behavior or treatment towards you or their choices, whatever it might be, then that is time invested in discouragement and distraction. It is not time that is going to propel you forward. Make sense? So again, in summary, the three ways that the enemy will use like just under the radar deception, try and discourage, distract, or get you to settle physical pain, whether it's the enemy, Satan, or your own stinking thinking, right? Physical pain, good things instead of great things, and working through other people. Those are the three most fly under the radar deceptive ways that the enemy will use to discourage and distract. The number one thing, those are three important things that you may not recognize, but the number one thing is what I get to man, just expose the enemy for, and that is how he uses um, 
the state or the understanding of our health and well-being and how he minimizes it to make you believe that it's not a big deal, to make you believe that you're actually selfish or vain to even want to have health and fitness or make you believe that you failed so many times. It's not for you. Your family's always been like this. This is how you're going to be at your cross to bear. So that is absolutely number one scheme of the enemy. But these other three, um, like I said, are are important to be aware of because regardless of where you're at, like I said at the beginning, whether this is resonating with you and you're realizing that, oh yeah, I have allowed that physical pain to keep me from this, or I have allowed um, the something really good to keep me from great because, or not even keep you, but slow you down or um, take up too much space. And then also others, right? Um, and my point on others, again, is, is sometimes it's obvious, like the example I gave, that's obvious form of rejection. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's somebody that is in your life that just isn't, you know, people choose with their actions. They can talk all day long, but their actions define what's important to them and um, what they're putting into you or something else or what have you. However, it's their actions. It's their choices. It's not a reflection of your value or your worth. And so don't let it be. Don't take it on as if it's about you. It's always about them. Now, having said that, to be super clear, I'm assuming because you're like me, you're doing your part, right? You have done all you can do and you seek God first each and every day. You're open to continually learning, growing, and evolving. You're following God's lead. You're doing your best to be your best and do your best. As long as that's you too, then those situations where, whether it's a friendship or a family or a significant other, whatever it might be, and it's not where you want it to be, and or they're not responding to you or treating you in the way that you would prefer, um, even still, understand that it's not about you focus on what like that's why god's word says focus on what is good focus on what is lovely meditate on those things building unshakable belief is a matter of focus that's a whole nother episode too i'll do but it's really important to your calling on in life to build the skill of recognizing the enemy when he's attacking and don't worry about you know, if you're having an aha moment today, don't worry about any time that you feel might have been lost because God will restore it. But recognize the enemy at every turn because as soon as the as soon as you see him in one aspect, he'll be like, "Okay, let me find another door in." So just understand that. Just know that that God did not say it was going to be easy. Understand that and continue to focus on that vision, that unique purpose, whatever it is for you, sis. Like. It might be being the best mom. It might be just pour yourself into what you know in your heart of hearts is your unique and greater purpose for this season in your life. Fair enough. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, I am going to uh, be consistent in my episodes. I can tell you that I will um, get back on track with this podcast. I love the fact that I showed up and um, I can see that there's actually been so many views and my time off, which is just amazing. Uh, I'm so, so grateful and do not take it lightly that I get to be a voice in your life. Um, and always, I, I'm in prayer for each of you that 
Um, you hear what you're meant to hear in the season. You're meant to hear it in the way that you're meant to hear it. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, welcome. Uh, this is going to be a new format for me as well to consistently be sharing the value with you on YouTube as well because I realized I spent a lot of time on YouTube and as well as podcasts. So some people are visual, some people are audio. I'm trying to deliver it to you in both. Uh, and if you could do me a favor, if you feel like this was of value for you, if you feel like um, I there was a tidbit for you or for somebody else, please, if you're on YouTube, like, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend. If you're listening on audio, um, I would love to, a review uh, to help spread the message. It really isn't about accolades. It's about one, I want to stay connected with you if you feel like this is helping you. And so I want you to get notified when new episodes are produced. And then also though, um, like I said, I'm not great at the whole marketing thing. So if you can be my tribe and help market by just spreading the word and sharing it with a friend, if you sincerely feel like it's been out help for you, I would really appreciate that. All right. Bye for now. Love you guys.